What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, so we continue in Sefer Agada. This is page uh, Kavbet, Kavgimel, 22-23. And uh, this is a paragraph that speaks about the Tower of Babel. So here is a story in the, in the, in the Torah that is very, uh, very strange in terms of trying to understand what, what was the act and what was the punishment. The story of the Tower of Babel, right, the Torah says, The whole land had one language and one, one uh, uh, matter. Let's translate like that. And then as they were traveling after the flood, they found a valley in the, which seems to be in the area of what today is Iraq or you know, Mesopotamia. And they decided to, uh, to dwell there. And then they said, uh, we might be scattered all over the land, so let's, let's build a city and a tower that reaches all the way up to the sky. And we'll make a name for ourselves, otherwise... We are not going to remain united. We're going to be scattered all over the land. Um, and then the, the Torah says, God says, Let's, Let us go down and see what is, what is it that humans are doing. And God comes and sees the tower and he says, Now, now that they are building the tower, they can accomplish everything they were planning to do. So I must mix up their languages so they will not be uh, able to understand each other. And, right? and that's, that's what Hashem did. And He created this uh, uh, linguistic confusion. They cannot understand each other. And uh, as a result, they stopped building the tower and they, got, they are scattered all over the land. So the real question is, what was wrong with that? Finally, they get united. They want to, they want to live together. They work in harmony. Why does God have to, to disturb them and interrupt their efforts, right? So the Midrash comes with a very uh, interesting answer. Two answers. They said, uh, we should build a city with a tower that reaches all the way to heaven. They did their calculations looking at the calendar. And they realized that the Mabul took place, according to that, 1,656 years after creation. They say probably the next cycle will be in another 1,600 years, give or take. Let us build scaffoldings and, and support pillars to keep the heavens in place. He says, why would God have the privilege to live up in heaven while we are confined to life on earth? Let's build the tower and go scale all the way up to heaven, fight with God, bring Him down, and we will control the heaven 
and the earth. Um, the Midrash, original Midrash says even further that they were shooting arrows towards the sky and they fell back tipped in blood and they thought that they killed God. So, but this is not, obviously not in the Torah, right? This is not, the story is not there. Um, but the way the rabbis keep on unfolding the story gets very interesting. It says, Sheva ma'alot they had seven uh, terraces or, or grade to go up the, the, the tower on the east and seven on the west. Another Midrash says that it would take seven years to go all the way up to the top of the, of the, of the tower. So they would have to make the bricks at the bottom of the tower. And then by the time, you know, delivery within five to seven business years... It would be a little, a little bit of a problem. So, of course, it's an exaggeration because if they would have done something like that, they would bring all the materials with them as they go up, meaning that they would have, in every stage of the of, of the way going up, a, a landing or something like that to, to make bricks. But the interesting thing is this. It says, Meaning, it's like they have bricklayers, right? And they come up with the, uh, uh, if you ever saw, like in, in primitive societies, they have those uh, like uh, wooden plates, and on them they carry the, the mud bricks that were baked in the sun. So they go all the way up, actually they did it in the furnace. So they go all, all the way up, and someone trips and falls. All the, he falls off the, off the ledge and, and dies. So they don't say, oh, they don't mourn. They're the worker. They mourn the bricks. Says, oh, now we're missing a batch of bricks. When are we going to get the next one? Um, and then the punishment finally is, One man asked the other, says, I need more, more water to make the, the cement. And he gives him more uh, dirt or sand. He gets angry and, and he hits him. Or even kills him. And the one says, give me a hammer. He gives him a, uh, a shovel. He hits him. Then they end up fighting. <coughs> it's like the United Nations, but without uh, simultaneous uh, translators. Can you imagine like people talking to each other in a language they don't understand? It's bound to get, uh, to get really messy. So, but but the, the, all this doesn't really explain the, the, the textual problem of the Torah. There's not, no indication in the text that they did anything that was contradictory to God, that they were going against God, there was anything about religion. Uh, and even the punishment, the way it's described in the Torah, is not, is not in the category of the regular punishments that we have. The regular punishment in the Torah, someone dies, someone is plagued, uh, they, they lost their possessions. In this case, nothing happened. They just were scattered all over the land. It doesn't seem a, a punishment strong enough for people who wanted, according to the Midrash, to commit this act of blasphemy and heresy and to go and fight with God. So, <clears throat> the answer, the first commentator that I think went in the right direction on that was Rabbi Abadias Forno, who lived in Italy, and, and you could say Renaissance Italy, and maybe you know, understood things differently because of the political settings and all that. So, is it's a one-line uh, commentary, but the idea that he presents is this: 
the, the builders of the Tower of Babel, what they intended to do was to create a society that will concentrate around the tower and the governors or the leaders who will dwell in the tower will tell everyone what to do and how to behave and how to think. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk, Safa Ahat Udvarim Ahadim. One language and one issue. Meaning, they all have to have the same ideology. Or in other words, what we would call it today, it would be a totalitarian society. Like 1984. It's in 1984, which is first amazing that, in, you know, in a short paragraph in the Torah, thousands of years before George Orwell, you have a description of the danger that could come from a totalitarian society. Which means, uh, this society is where people are not allowed to think independently, to communicate independently. They have, everything has to be government uh, approved. Even the language, not even the language. The first thing that is approved and has to be state or government approved is the language. When the, for example, when Stalin uh, took over Russia, the first thing he, one of the first things he did was to, was to go after artists artists and, and authors and, and, and writers, filmmakers. And today it's the internet. In, in China, the internet is being controlled. Um, so, so language is, a, is something that is considered as a, for uh, totalitarian regimes, it's considered something dangerous because it gives people the, the tools to express themselves. In 1984 also, it's a, there's a very strong emphasis on how the government controls language. So what happens is here, there's no, they really didn't commit any sin, any sin yet. They were going to. If they would have succeeded with their plan, God doesn't say that they did anything wrong. He says, <laughs> So they have Yazemu in the biblical Hebrew could be a plan with a good result or with an evil result. In modern Hebrew, the, it's, it's divided. Yazam is initiative or entrepreneur, which is a good positive connotation. Zamam is uh, to scheme, an evil scheme. The Torah has this ambiguity. So it says this, this looks on its face, for them, it looks like a great idea, but it's going to be disastrous because they're going to control individuals and rob them of their individuality. So it says, what is the solution for that? I will give them the gift of language. It's not a punishment. It's not a pun. It's a gift. The gift to humanity is that because we have so many different languages, we 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 are uh, forced to understand that there is creativity and people are different from each other. Now we go back to the midrash and see that this whole thing is sort of alluded to, and they understood uh, certain things here uh, in the in the story. The the first paragraph of the Midrash that says that they wanted to fight God is really the fight over control, total control. Then um, and one, one of the ways that uh, humans feel that they are in control is by big, building big constructions. In the, I remember when I was a kid in the, in the Guinness Book of Records or like the tallest building in the world used to be like 40 years ago the Empire State Building, the Sears Tower in Chicago, the uh, Radio Tower in Canada, or something like that. Now, every year, m- you know, more 
pretentious and uh, and daring buildings are being built. I think now there's a, yeah there's a building in uh, in China I think that's going up. It's going to be more, more than a mile high. And sometimes it's just on top of everything they add an antenna just to say you know you know, realize we're not even scraping the uh, scraping the uh, the atmosphere. I'm not talking about the stratosphere, but we have this tendency at which the rabbis identified here. It's fighting God, not really fighting God, but saying man is the only ruler and the one who built the tower will be the ultimate ruler. It also, in a way, it reflects what we spoke about um, um, other mythologies compared to Judaism. In Judaism, God works with humanity. In other mythologies, the gods work against humanity. So there, uh, they say, those people are uh, looking at this from the point of view of paganism. Now, when they speak about the people are going up the tower, right? And the warrior goes up with the bricks, and when he falls, they mourn the war- the bricks and not the worker. It's not far-fetched at all. Because if you look at today's totalitarian regimes, this is what they do. They take, they don't care about the lives of their own citizens. And we're not even talking about like Syria and what Assad is doing to the to his own people. We're not talking about war. You talk, two examples, one of recent memory, one maybe a little <coughs> further back. North Korea. People live in utter poverty. They like they lack really uh, basic needs. Last year I think it was or maybe two years ago already that they launched a rocket. You remember that? It blew off. It blew up how long after uh uh, launching it, maybe ten seconds, yeah. a couple of seconds. They just exploded. Eight hundred million dollars. So eight hundred million dollars in America is not that much, right? It's a couple of houses and a yacht. I don't know what that is, but to airplane Sinago. to synagogue. Right? But someone made the, the the math. It would have been enough to feed the country, the country, for twenty three years. To have people, you know. Food, no, like daily food for 23 years. And they robbed, I mean, the rulers robbed their population from it in 10 seconds. I mean, of course, taking to build it and all that. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, another thing, and this is something that a lot of, I I wasn't aware of, uh, and only the documents that were recently released from the Soviet Union, that during the crazy moon race in in the 50s and the 60s, the uh, and the Ameri- you know first the, the the Russians had the first uh, like the Sputnik they were the first one to send an animal to space but we were the ones the Americans were the ones first to put men on the moon according to some other people say it was a conspiracy right. it was all shot in Nevada somewhere uh, <laughs> yeah I was joking but but uh, people think that the the Soviet Union and the United States work, worked on a similar footing and it's not. America had took some resources, maybe out of other things, to 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 work on the moon program, but in the Soviet Union there was no money at all. Meaning the money that they put into the space program came out of the mouths of the of the farmers all over uh, all over Russia. People didn't have uh, they didn't have spare parts for tractors, for machinery, electricity, water. Everything was put on hold just in order to show that, you know, the Russians 
can beat the Americans. It was all about this totalitarian tower that reaches the sky. So the Rebbe, at the end of the, of the story, the Midrash is pretty much accurate. It says, here is the worker who's dying, and they don't care that more and more people will die as long as they manage to get their goal. So we have to look at it, I think, in a, in a positive way. That when Torah says, Kisham Balal Adonai Sefatam, or Misham Efitzam Adonai, this is where Hashem uh, mixed up the languages and scattered them all over the land. We say, wow, this is a great gift because God now allows us to go into different places and to use different languages. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.